I'm in. I'm ready. I'm buckled in and ready to go. Listener, welcome back to Mott's. The best podcast you'll listen to this week. Listen, I agree with that statement. And I think our faithful listeners do too. So Mott's family, go ahead and give us those five stars on Apple Podcasts, comment on social media, and become a Patreon supporter so we can brag about you being the Emerald Elephant. That's all I'm going to say about that. Mm. That's all I'm going to say about that. We've got a lot of bonus content on the Patreon also. Just check it out. Absolutely. And we have a very special episode today. That's right. Today, we're talking about an actor that we have not covered yet in the history of Mott's. Which is a travesty. It's a travesty. One that I am very fond of pretty much all his movies. And it's about time, pun intended, that we talk about. Wait a minute. About time was not him. No. Nope. He, he was out of time. <laughs> he was out of time. <laughs> out of time. But it's about time we talk about Denzel Washington. Okay. <laughs> We're going to talk about his movie, Deja Vu. Now, Nate, you have said that this is, that you really love this movie. I really do. <laughs> but it's a movie that not many people know about. It is not. And as we discussed previously, Denzel Washington has done a lot of movies. Yes. And I honestly have not seen the movie he has won an Academy Award for. Because I think he's won, he won one for Training Day. And one for something else, I think. But I actually have not seen those movies of his. Mm. Um, I've only I've seen everything else, uh, or most most of the other ones. But Deja Vu, it's Rotten Tomatoes, fifty five critic score, but seventy three audience satisfaction because mm-hmm. everybody loves Denzel Washington. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't I don't think we need to walk through the the whole premise of the movie. But basically, Denzel Washington is a detective. Pl- he plays Denzel. He plays. <laughs> <laughs> he just plays a super cool character, which yes, in, uh, maybe this is not what he's like in real life, but I picture there are many of these movies where I think they just show up and go like, listen, just be you, like charismatic, awesome, the coolest person in the room. Like Jack Black and Nacho Libre. Do not ever put the name <laughs> Jack Black in the same constellation as Denzel. <laughs> don't besmirch the good name of denzel (laughs) just want to get you riled up okay so (laughs) so there's a ferry this movie opens up with this ferry we saw these kids and families military people on this ferry this is happening in new orleans you you try it again excuse me you want to try saying the name again new orleans well i liked it i liked it very good thank you uh ferry blows up this movie starts frenetically cut together. I think when watching it recently, I realized how like early 2000s it looked, although this is 2006. The cuts and the When the Saints Go Marching In band play with like all like the, the titles and credits yes. is a bit uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse pacing. It is. And it's like there's a lot of shots of kids and like families like you feel the stakes and you just know you just know what's about to happen right but you also think because I, I so i had seen this movie a long time ago and i think i forgot a lot of it but upon rewatching, i was like wait a minute they don't blow up all these people do they sure enough everyone's dead everyone's dead and so now the investigation begins denzel washington is on the case and i think he has a friend or some kind of connection to this other guy almost like a time travel cop minority report situation 
Right. Where they can see and actually affect four and a half days in the past or whatever, but it's only four and a half days and it's a constant parallel moving of time. And they don't tell Denzel that right away. They tell him that it's just surveillance that takes four days to render or whatever. So they, that they're just looking at this past thing. And Denzel, who plays, what's his name? Doug in this movie? Yeah. Doug Carlin. (laughs) In some of the coolest form of acting, he sits there with the look of, I'm not buying any of this, but I'll let you just kind of like shovel this lie to me, right. but I am too smart to be fooled by you. So I'm just going to like, okay, all right, all right. <laughs> and then just like yeah. snap of like the, is she alive or is she dead? Well, he does the laser pointer. So they're watching the past happen and he sneakily like points a laser pointer onto the screen and, and the lady sees it. Right. And everybody freaks out. He broke the field. You know, he's like, stop kidding around. Like, you guys can actually affect the past. Like, what is the deal? Right. That broached the field right there. That broached the field right there. That's what broached the field. Now, you want to tell me what this thing is? You guys have figured out a way to look into the past. Yes or no? No. You're lying. You're lying I've and you know you it. everything I she can. She saw it, Paul. I pointed this thing at her just now and she responded to it from four and a half days ago. Explain that to me. So this movie came out in 2006. I love seeing movies from this era where you see like all the flip phones and stuff. Yep. I just, and like the answering machine, that's a tape. I always just like to point that out. I think it's pretty right, funny. Right, right. The, the science behind the time travel in this movie is one of the worst explained. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, so we fold the paper and we look at the other end of like a wormhole, basically. Like, <laughs> get it? Okay, cool. Now back to the movie. Right. Even the guys explaining it, it seemed like, ugh tired of explaining it to him just like they are to the viewer <laughs> yeah I, I do appreciate that they don't try to over explain how they can send stuff back in time because at one point they send a piece of paper and then denzel himself goes back in time it's all a little like flashy lights and <laughs> whatever sure like a big scanner <laughs> yeah basically so it would have been i think a little fraught if they tried to explain all that but yeah it also just feels like yeah who cares and then that lady she was talking about well if you go back and affect the timeline it'll probably erase the timeline that we are living in right now. Oh, I thought she had the, the, the pebble in the, or was that uh, Val Kilmer who says like, it's like throwing a pebble into the Mississippi. Val Kilmer says that the, the lady who's working for the thing, she writes on a piece of paper, like an arrow and she's like, here's our timeline. And then like, if you change something here, she like draws an arrow. Oh, right. Upward. He said, she says, if you change it drastically enough. Right. The traditional view of time is linear, like a river, flowing from the past toward the future. But you can change the course of a river, right? Exactly. Introduce a significant enough event at any point in this river, and you create a new branch, still flowing toward the future, but along a different route. Yeah, but that river is the Mississippi, and we're lobbing what amounts to a pebble into it. That's a very few tiny ripples and a kind of big body of water, don't you think? Traditionalist. That's the premise of the time travel in this movie, which... it's not my favorite but it is like the idea of you you make small changes you basically the small changes you made have already happened like you know the waters of time rush on but if you make a big enough change you're able to kind of branch off right which is sort of a combination of the like if you've gone back in time you've already done it and the like multiple universe theory it's kind of a it's the hybrid of the two like right all right you send back a piece of paper you already did that 
or you, you called yourself, you already did that, but you stop a terrorist attack. Totally forgot that Jim Caviezel was in this movie. <sighs> Let's talk about Jim Caviezel's performance. <laughs> Is this the only movie where he's like a full-on villain? Hmm. I feel like that might be true. Oh, yeah. He's the good guy in Count of Monte Cristo. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's a good guy in Passion of the Christ, for sure. <laughs> Frequency. Frequency. <laughs> he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Yes. I haven't seen any of these other movies. I don't know there. a lot of these movies. Yeah, I don't know a lot of these movies. Let's just say he's usually the good guy. He was in G.I. Jane. Was he good or bad in that? I don't remember uh, G.I. Jane. I don't know. Well, anyway, I think he makes a great psychopath in this movie. Man, he is so creepy. Very creepy. Sadistic. There's an interrogation scene between him and Denzel. Extremely good. Very good scene. Anyone who tries to stop it from happening will cause it to happen. And that's what you don't understand. We're not here to coexist. I'm here to win. So you better have some divine intervention, buddy. The bad guy, who is Jim Caviezel, who plays Carol Earth Orstad, to me, it's the perfect amount of bad guyness to have in a movie like this. Like, there are some bad guys where it's like, I want to know more about their motivation. I want to be to be a more well-rounded character this guy is just like creepy enough radical enough Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. like we don't need to know more about him but like what we do know about him is so creepy yes and so like exacting in its like violence that he does make for i think he makes a great bad guy i think he did too yes i agree with all of that also i had a moment while watching this movie that i thought to myself does Jim Caviezel's character, is he a time traveler? Does he know about <laughs> the time travel? I don't think so. Because at some point, like, he talks about destiny when he's being interviewed of, like... A bomb has a destiny. A predetermined fate set by the hand of its creator. And anyone who tries to alter that destiny will be destroyed. And it, makes me th- it made me think, like, wait, does he know something about this that we don't? No, not true. He's no, just, I don't know. <laughs> he's just a he's crazy just, person. Yeah, and talking yeah. about, yeah, makes it it's fit weird. in nicely to the, the theme of the movie. I wanted to point out one, it's an insignificant moment, but it's a, I love this Denzel thing. I, he's talking to somebody. I think he's talking to some of the other detective guys, and he was like mm-hmm. trying to get on the case. He goes from a straight face to a fake laugh. Man, it's good. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's so like weird and quirky, but I love it. Denzel Washington can do that kind of stuff and he totally plays it off. Like it's, I don't know, it's a fun moment. (laughs) Run it forward, run it forward. He has this, he has this, this laugh, this smile face that like almost is an intimidating laugh. And I'm not sure I've seen it pulled off quite like, the way that he can kind of like put his face into a smile, but it actually makes you a little nervous that like, <laughs> yes. like he has all the authority in this scenario. Very good. Yes, it is very good. I like this movie's suspense. I think especially as it ramps in the last third when he actually goes back in time. I enjoy it. It's fun. You know, the pretty intense scenes like when he drives the ambulance into the house or whatever. Oh, which the scene where he's wearing the helmet that lets him see into the past yes. and he's driving in real life and seeing the past. Like that is an awesome scene. Very, very good. Very smart. Also like the fact that that chase 
the the moment right before it, which I think is one of the best emotional moments, which it, it's a small moment, but I think it, it, it sets up that chase perfectly, is when they send that note back mm-hmm. and he's like, you got to send it quick. I'm about to walk out the room. Right. And then he sees his partner see the note and he says like, put it down, Frank. Yes. Put it down, Frank. Yes. And the like, it dawns on him like the reason why my partner is dead is because like we did this to him. And that immediately jumps into the like him grabbing that rig and going after him right but like it, that sets the stakes for this crazy like otherwise i'd be like that's really irresponsible for you like driving on the highway because people straight up like flip around in their cars right watching this recently i thought did, he, did you just kill somebody on the highway <laughs> yeah it's pretty violent <laughs> the stakes are set and the idea of like that's his partner and then he's kind of fueled by that remorse and anger all the things that tie together, like when Denzel examines the autopsy, Paula Patton, yep, who is playing the character Claire, like all like the the gasoline smell and like the the wounds from her hands, like and how all of that plays into right the end scenes in the barn or whatever. Like I like all those connections and moments, and seeing him make those connections too, pretty fun. Like answering machine, yeah. The realizations, the, the things that he kind of figures out during the movie, like it's a great, they reveal these breadcrumbs and like these like little nuggety moments where I go, oh, cool. Yeah. And his discovery feels like you're with him discovering this, like, oh man, that's you on the voicemail or that's you on the answering machine. <laughs> okay. So let's talk romance corner real quick, because this is a, t- a mm-hmm. difficult one to define because he cares for Claire. And he like he sees her in the morgue and like he wants to save her. Like they watch her for several days because she's the key to this fairy bombing. And then there's this level of like some sort of affection in there, whether it's romantic or not. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of supposed to be, but I'm kind of glad the movie didn't like try to make a scene or make some sort of big advance during this time. Yeah. What were your thoughts on it? I, I almost I almost don't want to call it romance corner because I'm not sure if it ever was. But I think by the end of the movie, we're supposed to think that maybe. I think so. It honestly felt more like a father figure and a daughter figure Oh. than a romance. Oh, so are we? Are you saying that like it was never supposed to be romantic? It was supposed to be like paternal. Well, but th- but there are a couple moments like when he has his shirt off in her house that it is more romance than not. I almost feel like I would have preferred they straight play it as father figure type thing. Sure. I don't know. I feel like because at moments it was kind of awkward. Like obviously he wants to save her, but I mean, how can you, he have feelings for her? He's you know watched her on screen for two minutes. <laughs> Right. Yeah, so I was it was a little confusing and I wasn't crazy about that romance part. And at the end, it seems like they're going to be in a relationship together. Right. Okay, well, I think we can honestly say like I think that's a not a knock against this movie. I think if they were to remake this, if you were going to say like, "Hey, correct some things that you don't like as much to make a this movie again." I like the idea of making it more like straight up father-daughter yeah. and like a bigger age gap. I think the romance doesn't, in these scenarios, it's kind of tacked on in a way that isn't necessarily, doesn't add to anything. Yeah, and if it was like, if Claire's character was older, if it was like a mom, I don't know, like if it was... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, I could have been, oh, okay, like, yeah, that makes sense. It's a mature romance. Or there was even some sort of uh, connection to them, like between them before this all happened. Yes, 
Yeah, I think the that fact that like he sense. learns of her after she has died, and then they like surveillance in her house does make the beginning of if you wanted to make it romantic, that's a rough beginning. <laughs> right, spying on a person—it's weird. Yes, exactly. Ed Elkins, I'm in charge. Oh, good. Yeah, good. good. You're in charge. Then. Okay. First things first. Where's the coffee pot? The end scenes. Jim Caviezel is like firing machine guns on the ferry and everything. Mm-hmm. I wonder where he got all those guns, first of all. He was about to leave on a motorcycle until he sees Denzel, or he sees the truck, and you know he goes back on the ferry. But anyway. I think he, does he take it from, does he shoot someone and take it from them? But he has like body armor and stuff. Oh, yeah, well, that's just his, his motorcycle armor slash body armor. Oh, I see. It's like an Iron Man situation. Yeah, yeah. He, he oh. doubles up, doubled up, <laughs> gotcha. just in case you get shot at while you're biking. Yeah, it makes sense. They eventually stop him, but Denzel and Claire are in the truck where the bomb was, and they have to drive it off the ferry. She escapes. He doesn't. Unclear why he can't escape. Yeah. I didn't really see why he couldn't make it out of there. How did he get out of there, but she didn't? She gets out. He doesn't. How Did she get out through the window? Right. And he's he's kind of pinned or something? They don't. It's unclear. Like, she gets out through a window, and then they show him trying to break a different window and can't do it in time, and then they blow up. Yeah. So, unclear. Not great. Not a great way to go. Yes, but it also kind of ties the idea that the old timeline is over. Sure. Because if he does survive that, things get weird real fast. Right. There's two Denzels now. Which is fine for making movies, for sure. (laughs) Because then we get double the Denzel movies. Right. Well, and maybe the one that was going to die in the truck uh, stars in the Book of Eli. You know, you never know. (laughs) Maybe that's what happened. Right, right, right. Last note, the very last seconds of the movie, it ends on a freeze frame, <laughs> Denzel in the car. Yeah. I didn't like that. <laughs> when that came on screen, I was like, what is this? Why am I? Yeah. Why did much. you freeze frame that? Yeah. Strange. What year is this? Yeah. That, so that was that was a strange ending. So little quirks like that, plus the relationship. But otherwise, like I, I did really enjoy it. Like I think right. it was a fun watch. At the very end, and the, the thing that like the, the repeated line is like, what if you had something to tell someone, but you knew they would never believe it? Right. Earlier, she says, I'd try. And then he says later, I'd try or whatever. Yeah. That's and he kind of has that look on his head in his, you know, on his face. Like, have I said that before? Right. Deja vu, as you would say. Which, by the mm. way, not a great title for this movie. I don't nope. think. No, it's not. <laughs> Nothing to do with actual, <laughs> I guess. Deja vu. But I did have the thought, I'm not sure if she'll ever be able to convince that guy that I met you in the past and you blew, like your body got blowed up in that truck and we we know each other. I'm just saying, I don't think she'll ever be able to convince him that. And that may be the downfall of this future relationship. That, unless, I mean, maybe she can show him his bloody shirt in her sink. Oh. And they can do like a DNA test on it. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. Uh, that might, maybe, maybe. Well, that's, oh, that's a good idea. Uh, you know, okay. listen, I, I've thought a lot about time travel. How would you rate this movie, Nate? Uh, on a scale. Yes. Ready? Ready? Yes, I'm ready. From zero to five fridge magnets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those little letters. Where he spells out on the fridge, you can right. save her. You can save her. That's right. To tell his other self that he can. Or because he already saw it, he knows what to spell out. Exactly. That's a real chicken in the egg paradox there. Mm, That's right. I'm going to give Deja Vu a solid four refrigerator magnets. (laughs) Wow. Okay. It has its flaws, as we discussed. 
it's kind of a dated look. Like it has that early two thousands look. Mm-hmm. Right. So like if you're not down with that aesthetic, you might not like it as much. <laughs> but if you like time travel at all, and if you like Denzel at all, and if you like Paula Patton yeah. at all, right, go for it. <laughs> I think it's a solid four. I almost would hesitate to call this a time travel movie. Like obviously I know that happens in it, but it doesn't feel like it. I don't know that Right. I can't explain that very well, but the fact that the time travel, quote unquote time travel, is such a small amount of time that he literally goes back four days. Right. It does just feel like a, I don't know, I don't have a good equivalent for it. Yeah, yeah, but it's, yeah. But anyway, that's a big score, Nate. It is. It is, uh, it is a little biased. I think this movie is probably a solid three, I think, in, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in like objective normal terms. objective yeah. terms. But I'm going to give it a four because I love it. I enjoy watching it. And I would recommend it. No, that's good. That's good. I would I would recommend watching it too. It's hard not to recommend a Denzel Washington movie. I think he does. Mm-hmm, he's great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's he's fun to watch. But I think I'm going to give it, I'm going to give what you gave Passengers. I'm going to say it's a three and a half. Mm. Three and a half. Yep. Three and a half refrigerator magnets. I did enjoy it. Again, the relationship with him and her a little weird. The freeze frame, free, the freeze frame at the end gave up a whole, a whole <laughs> really point. Ended on a sour note for you, didn't it? <laughs> it did because I was like, oh, you know, I felt, I felt the ending. I didn't know why he had to die in the truck, but that's fine. I can look past it. Then they freeze frame at the end. I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't accept this. Yeah, you're in that video production career, though. You see these things more than the more than most. This top five has been a long time in the making, I feel like. Because mm. it's Denzel. Absolutely. But it's our top five Denzel Washington movies. Wonderful. I have to put a caveat right at the top of this segment. Yes, yes. And that is this. I have noticed that in my list, I think I have a little bit of what I like to call the white guy bias here. <laughs> Because there are certain movies that I did not watch growing up. I think they were, I think they might be all rated R right. before my time. And I honestly need to go back because I know that they are great performances. And I'm embarrassed to say they are movies that he is super well known for. And I feel like the real white bread dude to say, you know what? I haven't seen Malcolm X. I haven't seen Training Day. And I haven't seen He Got Game. And these three movies, I'm sure, belong in a top five, but they are not in my top five because I have not... I mean, like, I know all the references to these three movies. I just have not sat down and watched them since being an adult and handling the the R rating of these movies. So that is my my white guy caveat at the top of this list. (laughs) I also feel like movies like Glory, which apparently is the other movie he won an Academy Award for, Mm -hmm. I wish I had had seen that but i have not so what i'm saying is listeners please forgive my lack of my my, the holes in my denzel washington viewing when it comes to my top five that's right and send us the movies you think should be in the top five please for denzel honorable mentions i have Mm -hmm. deja vu Mm -hmm. and believe it or not book of eli oh okay and believe it or not again safe house with Ryan Reynolds, where he plays a kind of anti-hero slash bad guy. Interesting. So those are my honorable mentions. And it's amazing that we're rating not just top five Denzel performances. We're doing top five movies that Denzel has been in or starred in. Our favorite five, I think. Yeah. Our favorite five. And I gave Deja Vu, uh, I just rated it a four. And it's in an honorable mention for me. So if that is any indication of the type of says a lot. caliber of movies that I think he has been in. May that uh, mm-hmm. 
May that say something. No, that's good. Well, my honorable mentions, this first one is just because I'm proud of the fact that I read the book and saw the movie, but The Pelican Brief, mm. based on the John Grisham novel. As it Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. It yep. does. It does. It is a good movie. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. The Bone Collector. Mm-hmm. As my mentions, that final scene. Oh my goodness. So good. Mm-hmm. And I am also going to put Fences in my honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. One of his mm-hmm. newer ones. Very good performance. But I'm going to put it in my honorable mentions. So Okay. That's it. Now for my number five. Man. Yes. Here we go. Mm-hmm. This feels epic. Even though it probably isn't when you listen to it, it is when you say it. I'll put some music behind you. My number five is the movie Fallen. Yep. With Denzel as John Hobbs. Yep. It uh, involves demons, I believe. Yes, it does. It is uh, very uh, disturbing at times, but not in like a scary, scary disturbing way. It's not at the exorcist level. Right, right. It's just at the like, you whistle this tune when like it jumps inside of you sort of thing. And Denzel in that is very, very good. And for whatever reason, it's not scary enough for me to have not seen it. And the because I have, and I really liked his performance in it, number five. Very good. Well, my number five is Inside Man. Mm-hmm. He's opposite Clive Owen. I really, really like that movie, The Heist. Another movie where he's just cool and kind of plays himself. That's right. And there's that one really weird scene where he is not moving his body, but is moving down the street and the camera's staying the exact same distance away from him. Do you know what I'm yes. talking about? Yes. Such a weird, weird cut, but... It is. I still like Denzel Washington, so it doesn't yes, matter. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Inside Man, number five. All right, my number four is Man on Fire. Yes. Dakota Fanning, right? Uh, yes, I believe so. Uh, now, yes. sometimes I get Out of Time and Man on Fire confused. They're basically the same, <laughs> but yes. The, I mean, a very different story, but for some reason, it's like the same flavor of Denzel, I think. But Man on Fire has like full revenge Denzel, which like I am all, like him and Liam Neeson and Taken. <laughs> are both wonderful. Now, this also goes for Equalizer. I did not put any Equalizer in my list, but that idea of like, you have awakened the dragon <laughs> and I am coming for you and I am so skilled yes. that like you will rue the day that you like got in my way. Mm-hmm. That's what Man, of Fi- Man on Fire is. Yes. I remember that last scene being pretty intense too. Mm-hmm. It's a very intense movie. That is a good one. I should probably put in my honorable mentions, so I will do that. Okay. My number four is The Book of Eli. Mm-hmm. Kind of that end of the world dystopian future, and it has a really cool twist at the end. Yes. Which was just like, blows your mind. I won't spoil it just in case we ever do it, but yep. Book of Eli, number four. Can I just say that even in, like, I'm looking through his movies that like are not on this list because they're not like the greatest movies, mm-hmm. I still liked it. Like, Denzel was sleepwalking through magnificent seven like i'm pretty sure showed up filmed five days said like i'll take my check now (laughs) and i still love him in it yes he can sleepwalk through a movie better than some can like sprint through it with all their might so yes sorry quick gushing moment there no that's good all right my number three is remember the titans 
this was i think i have data that this was my favorite movie in when i think was in fifth grade or something i remember Mm. putting it on a list of this is my favorite movie i have watched this movie a lot a lot a lot (laughs) denzel's very good in this movie this was also i think my introduction to denzel because like up to that point i don't think i had seen any movies that were a little bit higher in the ratings right this is i think pg yep maybe pg-13 it's pg pg uh so this was like denzel for the kid (laughs) in me this is probably as like he hasn't been in like cartoon movies and stuff right i'm trying to think has he been in anything like super great debaters uh is kind of but yeah he's typically not in like you know over the hedge as a voice of a squirrel or something (laughs) secret life of pets yeah so remember the titans was like an intro to denzel and apparently like got me hooked yeah on all his movies no that's good my number three is john q Mm -hmm. which i i don't know if the quality of the movie around denzel is amazing but I remember Denzel in that movie and loving him and his motivation to save his son and all that. I just still vividly remember it. And it was pretty heart pulling. And I just thought it was a great performance by Denzel. So I'm going to put John Q as uh, my number three. Wonderful. Good choice. Thank you. For my number two, I went with Fences. Wow. Yeah. To me, this felt like a Denzel performance that was not just him playing super cool, super likable character. Right. The fact that he is this flawed father figure in that in Fences, it's just like he plays it so well. Because like you root for him, but you're also like disgusted by him and like disappointed in him, which I think is what exactly what you're what you're supposed to feel from that character. So yes, Fences number two. That's good. Well, my number two is Fallen. Mm. You already talked about it, but something about this movie left a deep, deep impression. Yes. And John Goodman in that movie also, yeah, just it's intense and all that. But that final scene when they're in the woods. Uh-huh. And Denzel, I think he drinks poison and then, you know, kills the other guy. And Denzel is like slowly dying, but Azazel, I still remember the the dumb thing's name uh-huh. is like trying to make him walk so he can find another person to inhabit later. Like, man, I just, I mean that incredible acting job, but just so, I don't know, impressionable. Like it was, yes, it was intense. It was intense. So I, I really enjoyed his performance in that movie. Yep. Very good. My number one. Yes. Is John Q. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. When you like, I now have to think, Oh, was it maybe not that great of a movie? I haven't seen it for about, 10 years maybe i think since i have seen it last right but it's one of the first movies that made me cry not just in like i'm scared uh, hide from maleficent the evil woman in sleeping beauty and crying i mean like the the feeling of like with his son and the connection between them i remember got to me emotionally his performance in that yes is just top notch yeah, the desperation. And you're right. I not, I'm I'm worried the movie around it isn't as great, but I remember his performance so well. Yes. My number one is Remember the Titans. Mm-hmm. Because it is just it feels like a canonical Denzel Washington movie. Him as a coach just feels right. He plays it so well. I mean that movie's super deep and emotional when he takes the football players out in the middle of the woods 
to the Gettysburg spot yep. and speaks to them there. I mean, the, the moments of the last game, like all of it, just so deep. His monologue with, uh, is it Cuba Gooding Jr. or his like back and forth about yes. like, is football fun? Right. <laughs> fun, sir. <laughs> yes. It's just so good, like everything he does in that movie. So I, I'll have to say that's probably my favorite Denzel Washington movie. Well, listeners, let us know. Please. What did you think? Do you have a different number one? A better top five? Tell us. Do you want to fight for American Gangster? Do you want to say the taking of Pelham one, two, three? Or the terrible movie Unstoppable? Did you ever see The Hurricane? I did, but I didn't remember it enough to... Like, I'm looking through this list going, there are about 10 movies on here that I either want to watch for the first time or need to watch again because I was maybe Mm. like very passively watching it the first time and I want to focus on it. Right. I think the hurricane's probably pretty good. Like, I don't know anything about The Siege. Have you ever heard of The Siege before, 1998? I think I have seen The Siege. Is Bruce Willis in that movie? Uh, yes. Yes, I have seen that one. That is a very good one, too. Courage Under Fire. There's so many of these. I forgot about Pelham 123. I do not know. No, 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 no. It's not a good movie. Oh, it's not a good movie? No, no, it's not a good movie. I mean, we can, we can <laughs> watch it. We can watch it. It's with John Travolta. I forgot John Travolta was in that movie. Yep. He's the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, never mind. And like the Manchurian Candidate, I don't think I've seen that. I think I maybe saw pieces of it, but I need to watch it again. I, I did a lot of passive movie watching, I think, in my younger days, or just like seeing bits and pieces. But if it wasn't animated, it didn't interest me. So, 